This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, November 15th. Brought to you by Ravel AgriFinance. Good morning, I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Rooftop solar heats up. Congressional action sought on FIFRA preemption. And Indo-Pacific trade talks continue down under. State overhauls rooftop solar incentives. The California Public Utilities Commission has released a controversial proposal to revamp the state's program for incentivizing rooftop solar panels. Earlier this year, the commission took heat from a broad array of interest groups over its initial proposal, which it subsequently withdrew. The revised version drops a tax on home solar systems in favor of lowering the amount of utilities would pay uh, homeowners for powering the grid. Keep in mind, while many farms are converting to solar, ag groups are complaining the grid cannot handle net metering. Dairy Cares Executive Director Michael Bacadoro told AgriPulse earlier this year that the circuits are, quote, not big enough to serve all the added load from the increasing amount of energy going onto the grid as well as going from the grid for charging more electric vehicles. Remember, the California Farm Bureau opposed the 2021 bill that would have raised taxes on net metering. The trade group argued that changing the parameters would remove any regulatory certainty for investing in solar and lead to higher ongoing costs. The hotly debated bill died in an appropriations committee. Farm workers make a plea for FWMA. A group of more than 60 farm workers is expected to be on Capitol Hill to lobby for passage of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act during the lame duck session that opened yesterday. The House passed a bill that would provide legal status for existing farm workers and expand the H-2A visa program for uh, foreign labor. Supporters of the legislation have been unable to get enough GOP support for the measure. The American Farm Bureau Federation has opposed the bill in part because it would allow H-2A workers to sue their employers. On Thanksgiving, when Americans gather with family to give thanks for the food on their table, we ask Congress to show its thanks to essential farm workers and their families by passing this common-sense bipartisan legislation, said United Farm Workers President Teresa Romero. Keep in mind... The bill's prospects will not likely improve in the next Congress. Supporters still need to find at least nine GOP votes in the Senate, and a Republican-controlled House would be unlikely to even take up the bill. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak West after this. When you work with Robo AgriFinance, you get the global knowledge and financial strength of one of the world's largest and most innovative food and ag lenders, tools essential to realizing your aspirations. Discover how an unmatched network of local and sector experts can help you confront agriculture's challenges and seize the opportunities that lie ahead. Learn more and contact us at www.roboag.com. Creating value, connecting vision, Bravo AgriFinance. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak West. Ag groups ask Congress to reaffirm FIFRA authority. 
Agriculture groups are calling on Congress to expressly state that the nation's pesticide law preempts states' authority to craft their own warning labels for products. We strongly urge Congress to reaffirm that EPA is primary federal authority under the Federal Fungicide, Insecticide, and Rodenticide Act for making pesticide findings and decisions and that states may regulate their use but not impose additional labeling or packing requirements. 332 groups said in a letter to congressional leaders. The U.S. Solicitor General filed a brief backing California's right to issue its own warning labels and opposing a Supreme Court petition filed by Bayer. The company wanted the court to review an appeals court decision upholding $25 million reward to the California resident Edwin Hardiman, who contracted uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after using Roundup. The court rejected the petition in which Bayer made the preemption argument. IPEF negotiations set to continue in Australia. Negotiations to gain ground in negotiating the Biden administration's Indo-Pacific economic framework are set to resume in Australia December 10th. The Office of the U.S. Trade Representative and the State Department are billing the week-long meeting as the first in-person negotiations, but talks are well underway. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo met virtually last month with leaders of the other 13 IPEF nations for ministerial-level negotiations. Among, along with our 13 partners, we are tackling challenges and opportunities facing the citizens and, econ- and economies on both sides of the Pacific, including supply chains, clean energy, digital trade, and sustainable agriculture, among other important issues. That the word of U.S. Trade Representative Spokesman Adam Hope yesterday. Bill Sack touts International Climate Hub partnerships program at COP27. The Biden administration announced plans Friday for a web-based international climate hub for climate-smart agriculture as government officials, non-government organizers, and industry met in Egypt to discuss a path forward for limiting greenhouse gas emissions. Speaking at COP27, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack described the hub as, quote, a new virtual platform that will connect partners and the public, allowing them to centralize around common ideas and identify investment gaps, create opportunities, and accept challenges in climate-smart agriculture. Vilsack and a representative from the United Arab Emirates also said that the Agriculture Innovation Mission for Climate, the AIM-4C, an international effort started by the two countries, had double country commitments to invest in climate solutions from $4 billion to $8 billion with 22 new innovation sprints added to the eight announced with the launch of the effort last year. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Midterms put renewed focus on rural and independent voters. 
voter trends from the 2022 midterm elections are still being analyzed. The farm lobbyists and a political analyst believe the information gleaned could lead to a renewed focus on rural and independent voters in the 2024 cycle. Nathan Gonzalez from Inside Elections joined this week's AgriPulse newsmakers that to discuss his analysis and the outcomes of the 2022 midterm votes. Gonzalez says independent voters were more likely to favor the party in power this time than they typically do in midterm elections. Heading into the midterms, Gonzalez and many other expected President Biden's lagging approval rating and concerns about inflation to weigh down Democratic candidates. If voters don't like the job the president is doing, then they punish members of the president's party because they can't vote against the president in a midterm. But those independent voters did not do that, Gonzalez said. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Well, here's today's They Said It. Wildfire smoke has a disproportionate effect on vulnerable groups. That the legislative analyst's office in releasing a new report warning wildfire smoke is a growing concern, particularly for agriculture workers and for how low-income communities in the San Joaquin Valley. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, November 15th, brought to you by Rambo AgriFinance. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.